Hi there. Welcome to another edition of Making Money. Ron Hebert, the financial coach, joins us. I'm Gord White, a retired broadcaster. Ron and I love talking about investing and financial literacy. And we sort of teased last week, Ron, that a lot of people here in Canada tend to stick to their knitting, if you will. They invest in the Canadian markets. They invest maybe south of the border down in the States. But a lot of people ignore what goes on across the ocean. And uh, you and I have both traveled fairly extensively. When you get to Europe, you realize what a behemoth it is over there. There's a lot going on in Europe, and it's a market you should pay attention to. Yeah, and we're going to respond to a listener's uh, email. They want us to talk about the investment environment in Europe. So we're going to do that. And uh, like you say, one of the big advantages, Gord, is that Europe's uh, share of global gross domestic product is as large as that of China or the U.S. So those are the three heavyweights. So if you haven't looked at Europe, you're not looking at, at really about 20 to 25 percent of the world's global economy. So uh, there's a lot of advantages. For example, European markets are much cheaper than American ones. Europe is trading at 12 times earnings versus uh, the S&P 500, for example, which is trading at 20. So it's almost 40 percent cheaper. Uh, Europe hasn't taken an adversarial role uh, like the U.S. has against China. So if there's a trade war, which uh, it sort of looks like we're lurching uncontrollably toward one, uh, their markets are less likely to be affected. So it also could be a, a, a safety trade for you. And, you know, it's a lot of those sectors in Europe aren't plentiful in Canada, right? Europe has consumers, products, healthcare, manufacturing, and uh, those sectors tend to be pretty scarce at home. So if you want to diversify and you're not sure whether you want to get into uh, some of the higher price markets, in the United States to get take advantage of this. Uh, Europe's a good alternative. Okay, so there must be some disadvantages too. What, what, where would you put the top of that list? Well, I think there's uh, three or four. Number one, Europe has grown much more slowly than either Asia or North America, and Europe has had a 10-year growth rate in its stock markets of 8.6% a year versus the S&P's 12. So, you know, it's grown about a third uh, less quickly as the United States has, which has been the, the premier growth market for years. Europe is going to be much more economically hurt by an embargo on Russian oil and gas in Canada, the U.S., and it looks like Europe could be having a normal winter this year, which means that uh, they could have fuel shortages. So, you know, if you're sniffing around for European stocks, watch the weather, because uh, Putin certainly isn't going to, um, he's going to try and punish Europe for putting an embargo on their on their oil and gas. So if they have a normal winter, uh, that could affect um, fossil fuel supply. And if it does, corporations will have, uh, you know, they'll be uh, rationing, and that isn't, that's never been good for the economy. So uh, that could present an opportunity, though. So you want to be paying attention if you're thinking of investing in Europe watch the energy situation because it could provide some real bargains. Do we have to keep an eye on the euro through all of this? Is the currency something that we should factor in here? Yeah, generally you're either going to be buying in uh, euro or you're going to be buying in British pound if you include Britain as part of Europe. So, and each one of those, if you look at the last few years, has had some pretty big swings against the Canadian dollars. So if you want to buy Europe, one of the 
easy ways to do it where if you're worried about currency move is to buy an exchange-traded fund that's hedged. In other words, they buy insurance that protects you from a lot of the big currency swings. Okay, now, and, and you know, I, I recently visited, uh, well, a couple of countries on this list. I visited uh, Greece and Spain, uh, both, you know, a lot of history, wonderful people, great cuisine, but <laughs> economically, they're a little bit of a mess, aren't they? They are, and uh, Portugal, Spain, Greece, and Italy uh, have been called the pigs, and that is not a very flattering name, but it reflects the high levels of debt that uh, these economies are carrying. And if things go wrong, rates stay high, there's some political trouble, uh, they're big enough to push Europe into a full-blown economic crisis like we've seen in the past. So uh, here again, if that does happen and stocks and fixed income get really cheap, you know, I would look at that as, a, as an opportunity. Uh, Europe isn't going to blow away in the wind. And so... When uh, fear is highest, that's when you get your best opportunities. And I think with that and the fuel embargo, uh, there's some possibilities over the next six months to a year where you could see some real opportunities. Okay, well, let's take a look at some of the stocks that, that tend to make their home in Europe and, and the opportunities that could be involved there. The, the one at the top of your list, I, I have a friend whose daughter works as an executive for this company, and it is a behemoth, and that's Nestle. Yeah, Nestle, NSRGY, trades over the counter in the U.S. It's a Swiss company, but they're the largest uh, purveyor of food and drink in the world. Uh, they're fairly expensive right now, but they are coming down uh, 27 times earnings. They've got a dividend yield of 3.1% and a five-year growth rate uh, in shares of 30%. But, you know, Nestle's is certainly a company that is worth watching. Uh, Danone is another uh, company that's French. Uh, they make ice cream and, and other things. And uh, there's lots of companies in Europe, and we're just giving you some examples here that you can follow uh, that are in the, in the consumer area. Diageo, which is one of the largest purveyors of alcoholic beverages in the world, is a British company, and the list goes on. And so if you're looking at large uh, consumer stocks, Europe has a whole bunch that you, that you should consider because they're high quality and they're global and they aren't American, which uh, could help in the next few years as anti-Americanism seems to be rising. What about Siemens? It's a company that, you know, you see their name on a lot of products. Uh, they're based in Europe as well, correct? Yeah, Siemens is a German company and they're Europe's equivalent of General Electric and they trade as well in the U.S., uh, over-the-counter, S-I-E-G-Y is the symbol. They're involved in industrial products, healthcare, energy, automation, rail transportation. And, you know, their price-to-earnings ratio is, uh, is cheap compared to North American companies. It's 12. The dividend yield is 3.4%, and the stock's five-year growth rate, uh, you know, it's up 17%. So they've gone through a lot of restructuring and... Uh, uh, Siemens is a far different company than it was five years ago. And if we have a pullback, uh, Siemens is one of those big industrial European names, along with, uh, you know, um, BMW and uh, the list goes on yeah. and on yeah. uh, that, uh, that you should probably uh, put on your list because uh, there's, a, there's a lot uh, going on over there. Embraer, uh, 
or not Embraer, but uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the big uh, maker of European aircraft. That well, the one in France, yeah, it's escaping yeah, yeah, my yeah. mind right now. Do they make Airbus? Yeah, Airbus. Yeah. There we go. There we go. And yeah. uh, you know, so there's there's lots of names like that that uh, give you exposure to things that are, are unavailable in Canada. And these are world class companies. Okay, uh, this one I think uh, the name floated around. Of course, during the pandemic, anything related to healthcare floated around during the pandemic. Novartis. Novartis NVS is a Swiss company, and uh, they trade on uh, I think the New York Stock Exchange. The PE is 26. The dividend is 3.7. The five-year increase in stock price is 19%. So a lot of very, very high-quality European pharmaceutical companies. Uh, And and so uh, there's if you want to diversify and you want to get away from the U.S., uh, there's lots in Europe to look at. This one I am not familiar with, Ron. Uh, You always point these out every once in a while. ASML Holdings. ASML Holdings is uh, a Dutch company that was really uh, brought into existence with uh, Europe or American defense contractor money. ASML, the symbol is ASML, it trades in the U.S. It's a Dutch company that has a virtual monopoly on the equipment to etch patterns into silicon wafers to make chips. Uh-huh. And so if you take a look at these large lithography machines, which have very sophisticated lasers in them, these, these machines are about the size of a school bus, and these machines are literally 200 to $300 million of pop these days. The P.E. on this is not cheap. It's 28. The yield's 1.1%, but the five-year increase in the stock price is 249%, Holy and these guys smokes. are a virtual monopoly. There's, there's no one else, not even the Taiwanese, which do this kind of stuff. In fact, the Taiwanese, which monopolize the manufacturing of chips, buy virtually all their stuff from ASML. Wow, that's well, that's an interesting story. Two hundred and forty-nine percent. Holy smokes! Okay, what about ETFs? If we want to get into Europe, and maybe we're a little gun shy, we we don't want to get too risky here. Can we play ETFs over there? Yes, uh, and a good example is just the Vanguard All Cap European ETF trades under the symbol of Victor Edward VE. Trades on the TSX right here at home. It holds 1,200-plus stocks. Its management expense ratio is a very, very reasonable 0.22%. The annual return since 2018, is, uh, and we've gone through some choppy times uh, since 2018 with COVID in there, it was still 5.2%. The yield's 3.1%. And if you're a value investor, the average stock has a price-to-earnings multiple in their portfolio of 12 times. So if you're not interested in picking individual securities, then take a look at uh, a mutual fund. And certainly an example is Vanguard, which has uh, a very good reputation and very reasonable cost. But there's a whole list of them and uh, that you can look at. We're just bringing this up to give you an idea that uh, there is other ways to participate in this market other than directly in stocks. So you look at a map and you see that landmass that's called Europe. Uh, a lot of different countries involved, a lot of different places to play here, Ron. Uh, and, and some of these very, very interesting and very attractive, right? What, given the current economic climate, would it be a good spot to diversify, do you think, or maybe not? Well, I think that the opportunity is going to come if we have a normal winter. Uh, I think there could be some shortages of, of uh, fossil fuels because Europeans have done so many incredibly stupid things. Uh, 
like uh, Germany has shut down the bulk of their nuclear reactors uh, right during this crisis. So, uh, you know, they're almost setting themselves up for for fuel shortages this winter and energy shortages. So if they do have it, the markets don't treat that kind of uh, that kind of thing with with uh, a lot of kindness the, you know the things can get beat up pretty good and if that happens here again that's when you want to get on board because that's when the opportunity strikes yeah the the Germans with you know shutting down their wind energy and firing up coal plants again and shutting down nuclear reactors in a, in a big industrial country like Germany you can see the potential for uh, some problems on the horizon there can't you Absolutely. Okay, back next week with another installment of Making Money. Where are we going to head this time? We're going to look at investment baskets. Well, I don't know, is it like little Mary going off to the market with a basket full of goodies? Or, <laughs> Well, it, it's, uh, it's all about diversification, Gord. You know, it, uh, uh, people, if they decide they like something and they don't have a really good understanding of the particular sector, and we're going to be talking about that next week, but they buy uh, a singular bet, and if that bet doesn't work out, uh, the sector can do extraordinarily well. But if you pick the wrong horse, it can cost you a lot of money. So especially in areas you don't have a lot of experience, uh, spreading the basket a little uh, wider and, and uh, spreading it across more choices is not a bad idea. We're going to be talking about how to do that next week. Okay, join us then. If Remember, if you have a question, a follow-up to what we talked today about Europe or something you'd like us to explore, send us a note. Letsmakemoney.ca is our website. As Ron points out, just a two-man research team here. We'll do the best we can to get a show to you somewhere down the road. And uh, you can also reach us through our friends at cfcw.com, where the show is hosted. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.